woke up this morning pretty early, even before my pre-4.30 a.m. alarm, which is way, way too early, I know, I know. But I noticed I had an email, and someone sent me one pretty early, you know, from a student who was watching what I didn't even know about yet. You know, concerned and nervous. So I wiped the sleep out of my eyes, and I started reading. But I wrote back, you know, saying, keep in touch, I understand, nervous, concerned. I'm always here to talk about things. And, you know, I almost used that cliche, I'm here to talk about what's going on in the world today. But when I was writing it, I was just like, doesn't quite feel right to say that, you know? And then I kept reading, and from headline to headline, and source to source, and different outlet to different outlet, I just, I read. And I thought, how could I not talk about it? How could I ignore it? How could I go about my Thursday and just leave Lo-Fi poli silent? But I really didn't know what to say. But then someone emailed me, a different person, a person from my past, who is still very much a part of my present. And their words were, well, I'll say what I told them. I told them I was conflicted, that I wouldn't even know where to begin with it all, or, or what to go into, or even if I really wanted to talk about it. So how do I start talking about Ukraine being attacked by Russia? And I think that person would tell me, do the same way we always do, and simply say, you're listening to Lo-Fi Poli Sci. Welcome. Don't adjust your dial. Lo-Fi Poli Sci coming at you. Michael Pickering here talking about what's going on in the world today. But today... We're focusing on the beginning of an international war between Russia and Ukraine. On Thursday, today, February 24th, Russia launched an attack on Ukraine. And as of now, at 9.11 a.m. NOLA time, early reports are that this is a true multifaceted incursion into the country, into the sovereign territory of Ukraine. Point blank. Now, the scope of it, we are still very much learning, and things are developing really fast. But reports on it are coming in only a little bit at a time. And we'll dig into all of that in a minute. But first, let's set up how the show is going to work today. So we just started with the statement of what's happening. But we're going to dive in a little deeper and talk a bit about history for a second to set up and inform our conversation. Then we'll jump into more recently what's been going on leading up to today. Then we'll go with the latest updates from Ukraine and around the world. And of course, we'll talk about where things can go. And if anyone really knows the answer to that question at a moment like this. And let me just say from the get-go, perspective is everything. All right, let's start with a bit of that brief history we were talking about. Pre-World War I, the map of the world was different. Fact. Pre-World War I. The Tsarist Russian Empire existed, and that empire included many countries that do exist today, but they were controlled by Tsarist Russia, or at least parts of them. Fact. In the early 1900s, the vast majority of the 200 countries in the world today 
did not exist in their present form. The world was mostly ruled by colonial empires, kingdoms, and everyone was really authoritarian. Even the countries that called themselves democracies in the early 1900s, we all full well know that they were not democracies by today's standards. Women and minority groups couldn't vote, and they oppressed people via colonization all over the world. So World War I happens. Europe goes to war with itself, and it spreads to everywhere. And in the middle of that, in 1917, the Bolshevik Revolution starts in Russia. And the Tsar and his family that ruled the Russian Empire are all assassinated. And Russia goes into political transition. To put it overly simply, and yeah, I say overly simply on purpose, I know. Now, the Soviet Union doesn't form right away right here. There's a lot of internal Russian political struggles going on, and at the same time, World War I is ending in 1918. And in 1918, 1919, we get the emergence of a lot of countries that never existed before, like Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, Poland. Now, let me be clear here about this. The people, Polish, Estonian, Latvian, Lithuanian, the languages, the cultures, the ethnicities, they all existed way before this, of course. A people aren't created just when a country is formed. The people form the country around themselves. And in this time frame, we do get the emergence of an independent Ukraine. Although, depending on your perspective, you may not say that in 1918 to 1920 that Ukraine was independent, but rather controlled by other states. And I'm not getting into that, because where we're going, these historical debates matter very little. And it's simply setting up context. But the Soviet Union gets kicking in the early 1920s. Ukraine becomes part of the Soviet Union or is subjugated by the Soviet Union. Once again, your perspective matters. World War II starts in 1939. Germany invades Poland. And a true and second global international war starts again. And by the end, in 1945, the Soviet Union takes control of Poland, Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, and starts really looking more like the USSR that many people know from the Cold War era. You know, that period of time between 1945 and 1989, where Russia slash the Soviet Union and the United States and Western democracies used other countries' wars to fight for global influence. But they never went to war directly with each other during the Cold War. But then fast forward to 1989. The Berlin Wall comes down. Government and Soviet satellite countries start to fall and independence starts to come to them. In 1991, Russia dissolves the Soviet Union, and most former Soviet states are already independent countries, but at this point, the Soviet Union claim over them is completely gone, as the Soviet Union no longer exists. Thus, Ukraine, Poland, Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, Moldova, and more are all independent, internationally recognized sovereign countries. Period. Also, in the decades leading up to 1989, mass decolonization is taking place in Africa and all over the world. And by the time 1991 comes about, we are looking at a world that finally really looks like the world and the borders that we have today, and the almost 200 countries there are. So for about the past 30 years, we've had our 200 countries or so, 193 members of the United Nations, and internationally recognized sovereign territories. 
And there's that word again, right? Sovereignty, sovereign. And what does this really mean? Question mark? You see, sovereignty is a word that means countries respect each other's borders and domestic affairs and do not meddle in them. Sovereignty is the name of the game in international relations today, and it has been for a long time. It's international law. You don't mess with other countries' things, and they won't mess with yours. All right, all right, all right. Enough of this history, right? Enough of that setup. We know. We got it. Let's do some fast-forwarding to events really leading up to today. And for that, we go to 2014 and Ukraine. At the time, the president of Ukraine was very much pro-Russian president. But Ukrainian society was very much pro-Europe. Because there's a long-lasting feeling of Russian oppression over Ukraine. And in 2014, this political struggle culminated in mass protests in the country. And the pro-Russian president was ousted and went into exile in Russia. But this political struggle wasn't just in the capital. And in the southern Ukrainian peninsula of Crimea, an independence movement started. And people in green, unmarked army camouflage started showing up. Russia says they're not Russian military, though. We'll come back to that. Inevitably, Crimea has what the new government of Ukraine, a government that is pro-democracy and pro-Europe, well, Crimea has an illegal vote for independence from Ukraine. It passes. Russia recognizes Crimea. Then... The cooperative decision is made, and Russia annexes Crimea as part of Russia, taking Ukrainian sovereign territory for themselves. This is the move that actually turns the Group of Eight, that so many of us know as the G8, the leading eight economies in the world, it turns them to the G7 because they kick Russia out over this move. And other sanctions are put in place on Russia at this time because of Crimea in 2014. Now, at the same time as Crimea going on, two eastern regions of Ukraine start a movement for independence as well. But this straight turns into a civil war. And once again, we start to see unmarked individuals with green camouflage that Russia says are not Russian military. Now, eventually, Russia does admit that some of those people who were in Crimea in 2014, they were in fact Russian military. So the implications are, there have been Russian military inside of eastern Ukraine and these two provinces since 2014. But we'll see, we'll see. But that civil war that started in 2014 has been going on since. And those are the two regions that have claimed independence and Russia just recognized as independent countries and moved their troops into this week. The international community, mostly the West, Europe, North America, as well as Japan and some other democracies across the globe, put more sanctions on Russia. That was Tuesday and Wednesday. And today, Thursday, Russia attacks Ukraine and begins an international war. Now, I've already seen the debate going on across the world about whether or not this is an invasion or not. Stop. That word is in so many ways completely irrelevant when compared to the fact that Russia attacked Ukraine and started an international war. Ukraine did not attack Russia and start an international war. Ukraine was in the middle of a civil war, and as a sovereign country, by international law, that is none of any other country's business. 
It's now 10, 11 a.m. NOLA time. What's going on now? Missile strikes have been reported and pictures and videos shown of different places in Ukraine being attacked by Russia. And Russian military planes have been shot down by Ukraine. Reports of Russian naval vessels and tanks moving in on Ukrainian soil are coming out. And there is a lot of uncertainty at the moment on the full scope of what's taking place at this very second. And there's lots of real reasons why that is. And I use the word real very deliberately. You see, when wars take place, a country's infrastructure is attacked. Power lines cut. Internet cuts. Journalism becomes extremely dangerous. And being on the front lines, when those front lines are shifting, well, these are just a few of the reasons why we don't know exactly the full scope of everything going on at this moment in time. We don't know how big the war is getting right now. But updates are coming, and you know, as updates keep coming, we'll keep you informed, for sure. Now let's jump to the international response to this near, near universal condemnation of the starting of this war is what we're seeing. Not all. Some countries, though, are waiting to see what this is all about. And those that have condemned it, not all are willing to do anything about it. And of those who are, we're waiting to see the next line of sanctions, because that's what's lined up to happen if these events took place. And, you know, several European countries have declared states of emergencies, thinking things could very well escalate. And that, that's kind of where we are, again, at this very moment in time. But things are moving so fast. By the time you listen to this, lots more could have happened. Hence why I put the multiple timestamps in the episode to let you know exactly when it is I'm recording this and the information I had. But how about we turn to a question? A question I know so many of you lo-fi listeners out there have in your mind. Why is this happening? Question mark. And the answer to that is entirely dependent on your perspective about how the world works about motives, about morals, right and wrong, about how you view history. Russia says they're protecting Russian security, Russian interest, defending against genocide, and have full intention of demilitarizing the country of Ukraine, and to use President Putin's words exactly, the denazification of Ukraine. President Putin is calling this a special military operation. Russia's stance is that this is a defensive move, completely. And as such, Russia is within its rights to protect their own sovereignty. Ukraine's stance and the stance of Europe and democracies across the globe? This is a clear case of international warfare and clear breaking of international law and the violation of another country's sovereignty. And who is right? Well, good thing we have that planetary government to lay down that international law that both sides are claiming to use. Oh, wait, shit. We don't have a planetary government, do we? There is no official or universally accepted enforcement mechanism for international law. It's just all about what countries agree to do at any given moment of time or what they don't agree to at any given moment of time. And right now, there's a lot of disagreement on why this war is taking place.
And I'm not about to go into the political psychology of Vladimir Putin's brain, please, as if. To say his true intentions is speculation of the highest order. Has he likely done a cost-benefit analysis of most actions and reactions and created a calculated risk theory to base Russian actions on? I'm sure he has. Does he weigh that cost-benefit analysis the same as Europe does? I'm sure he does not. But what we can say is that what is happening is happening because of differing views of how the world is working today. Different countries have different perspectives on global events, and those differences of views have turned into international warfare. And currently, things are getting worse. And how worse, we don't know yet. Russia is attacking Ukraine right now. And Ukraine is defending itself right now. At 10.35 a.m., Nolaton. A lot of what happens for Ukraine depends on that defense. And democracies in the world will increase sanctions, likely some serious and hard-hitting sanctions on Russia. Russia will react to that, too. And this war is just getting started. Eyes open, lo-fi listeners. This affects us all. And write in with your questions as things move forward. I know lots of you have questions. And this is just the beginning of us talking about it. So send them in. You know how to get at us. And if you're thinking of writing in with a question, just do it. Because it's likely many of you are thinking that same question. And Lo-Fi Poli Sci, it's our place to talk. So send me your words. Now tomorrow's show of Good News Friday, it goes on as planned. The whole purpose of Good News Friday is for all of us to remember that throughout the week of all the messiness that is our lives, there is still lots of good in the world. And it's important we celebrate that good. It's important we keep it in our mind that there's always a reason in the world for us to smile. Always remember that Lo-Fi Poli Sci is more than just me. It's the we that we be. To all of you out there, much love and always the best. Pickering, signing off.